is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com You know what's funny? I told the king dude over the weekend, I was like, hey, you know what? I am done talking about church militant. I am done. That's what I told him. I said, I am not going to do it anymore. I've got it out of my system. Well, we have some breaking news for you. Breaking news here on the Crusade Channel. Welcome to the program. Mike Barrett here, host of Parrot Talk every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Today is the fifth day of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. By the way, today is the day. If you're going to write your children letters from St. Nicholas and you're going to put them at their shoes, you might want to do that tonight. Tonight might want to be the night that St. Nicholas visits your children because tomorrow is St. Nicholas Day. Welcome to the program, Alberto, the most hated man on Twitter, Flatcath, at Flatcath. Good morning. Happy St. Nicholas uh, Eve. Good morning. Um, St. Nicholas Day, huge, huge day in the RTF family. Uh, This is the Crusade Channel. We are always on air, always online, and always happy to be with you. I've got breaking news. Okay, so I brought in... Alberto, to help me break this down, there is so much to get through in the church building. It continues to fester. It's like a festering wound that you just can't let it heal because it's so much fun to watch. So maybe not like a fester. More like a... It's not a train accident. It's like a NASCAR accident. Like you're watching NASCAR and all of y'all that watch NASCAR, you just hope, you're just waiting for the car accident, right? This is a buildup of like 12 cars and it just gets worse and worse and worse and you're just watching it. You're just like, oh, I can't not watch it. It's uh, absolutely disgusting, but uh, you, you hit uh, the nail right on the mark there, Mike. It's it's, uh, it's kind of like those... Uh, those uh, cringe videos, uh, you know, sometimes uh, me- medically really gross, really nasty, but you can't stop watching. Yeah, because of how just how cringe it is. Yeah, it, you're, it, you, it you're, is. you're not getting anything out of it. <laughs> you're, you're just <sighs> wa- wasting time, sort of. But you, you are, can't stop. You are, but you like can't watch. It's three a.m. and you're watching this infomercial about the knives, and the knives are so sharp that they can cut through shoes, and you're thinking to yourself. I should buy these knives so I can cut up all my shoes. You're not making rational decisions anymore. You're not. Just like the our friends in Ferndale. Well, f- uh, f- fabulous Ferndale. Okay, here's the situation. There is a power struggle happening right now. And the power struggle is not for the past, but it's for the future. And there are two competing entities for the future of St. Michael's Media, which is the 501c3, commonly known as Church Militant. Now, those two competing factions are, on the one hand, you have this white knight group, okay? And they've come in and they have said, hey, we are going to save everybody's job, We are going to keep every current employee. We're going to give them health care, which they've never had before, retirement, and other benefits. And we might even not require them to work for slave labor anymore. We might even be willing to extend to them market wages for the things that they do. 
So, sounds like a pretty good deal if you're if you have found yourself in that situation, in that very unfortunate situation where, as uh, Milo put it, they would pay the employees garbage uh, wages, and meanwhile Gary would use the money for unspeakable things and to keep enriching himself. Now, didn't uh, uh, yesterday Niles Weinbox brought up some uh, interesting comments regarding uh, fraud, regarding uh, misappropriation of funds, because she said everything, but she, she blurred this. But as we know, Gary was using church militant 501c3 funds to cash flow his uh, unnatural relationships. He was, yeah. I mean, he, it, it, it's called embezzlement. It's a criminal activity. He was even accused of criminal embezzlement by uh, Nazi Niles, uh, who's who. We'll, we'll get to her. She's trying to separate herself from him. She's a rat sinking from the ship. But on the one hand, you've got uh, Joe Gallagher, who was the the face of Evening News. He spent a long time at Church Militant, and he left in good terms on his own terms more than a year ago. And he worked with the Coalition of Cancelled Priests, and he has been in news and PR and marketing. Well, he went out and got some backers. He's convinced whoever he's convinced, I'm not sure who it is, to come in and do a bailout of Church Militant. Now, Church Militant is bleeding cash. It's been bleeding cash since I've been talking about it for a year. And they have finally reached a point of potential insolvency. And as a result of their position, their financial position, they're not able to really make a lot of decisions without the, the uh, sort of cloud hanging over your head of, well, we can't really afford to do anything bold. Now, Gallagher comes in and says, hey, anybody who's in the institution right now, the organization, I'm going to save them. Their job is secure. Their Christmas is secure. They don't have to go to their children and explain to their children why they've become unemployed just because Gary Voris couldn't control his unnatural urges, just because Christine Niles couldn't control her unnatural urge to go after and destroy family men via courts and smearing and whatever else. So let's not let the decisions of the leadership affect the good people who work in the so-called apostolate. That's the that's on the one hand. That's the Joe Gallagher plan. Incidentally, we're going to stop the war on tradition. We're going to stop demonizing people, slandering people. We're going to stop all of that nonsense. Now, will Joe Gallagher do all those things? I don't know. I don't know. But on the other hand, the alternative, here's the alternative Alberto, and I think this is also equally breaking news. Michael Voris, the disgraced groomer, the pervert, the embezzler, the fraudster, the criminal, Michael Voris is trying to engineer his comeback. Now, Before anyone starts uh, saying, now I, I know your audience will, would never do this, Mike, but before anyone starts saying, well, why are you calling him a groomer? 
Now, what what's the what's the labor pool that church militants draws out of? It's guys that are just coming out of college that are in a sense very vulnerable because you may have some college debt coming out of school. You are working a very low wage job in a job where if you want to work in media, more than likely once you accept a job at Church Militant, your career is done. Right. Because of what what they're known for. Well, even, even Nazi Niles doesn't list Church Militant on her CV. She lists the fact that she worked for a, quote, fast paced Detroit based media company. She won't even list Church Militant. She was there 10 years. Even, even she won't list it. So these people are, in a sense, vulnerable. In a sense, I'm, I'm sure as many people, you don't necessarily know what you're getting into because Michael Voris portrays himself as a savior of the church. Now you come in and then all of a sudden you find in the Dropbox images of as uh and christine harrington in her video put this in words that i'm not even going to go ahead and use because it's so disgusting but he put in the dropbox images of himself mm. in in a very uh unflattering way for people that are of a rational mind that are that don't have any unnatural urges right uh, so so he does this that that to me is grooming he would travel with young guys Oh, he would invite young guys to his house and then show them gay porn just to see how they would react. I mean, that's that's literally grooming. It, it literally is grooming. I mean, there, there's only one. Here's what we do to groomers. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. It would be an act of mercy to put a millstone around a groomer like Michael Voris. Literally, that would be an act of mercy so that he doesn't sin any further. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and now this is recommended by our Lord himself. So, uh, before anyone uh, accuses you of anything, Mike. Oh, this is- I'm going to get the accusations. <laughs> do, you, do you people think that your accusations matter to me? I just gave a whole master class yesterday uh, using, the, uh, well, using the analysis from Tucker Carlson, of all people of how you cannot pin your own happiness to the the whims of people who that you don't even know. When I get the hate mail, Alberto, do you know what I do? I chuckle and I delete it. <laughs> that's that's the way to go. So. And I move on with my life. But but Michael Voris actually thinks that he's going to make a comeback. So so he he's trying to plot his comeback. Now, uh what what is he coming back to? And you know, Going back to to what a lot of this says, it's nucleus in the crisis in the church. The modernists knew the following: you can destroy the Catholic Church, or and you destroy it, and and you they no longer have the building, so they no longer have anything. Or you can infiltrate it, and you can use the buildings for what they're using it now. And they understood that very well. So in a sense, of course, my first instinct is just burn church militant to the ground. Yeah. Uh, destroy literally destroy all the equipment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, I do believe Catholic media is necessary. So what Joe may be trying to do here is uh, 
worthy of uh, praise, I, I think, of saying, hey, we can't, we probably shouldn't well, just burn everything to the well, ground look, if look, we can still salvage and, it. And, and look, life is about trade-offs. You get choices. You have practical choices. You you certainly do. You, you know what? Thank you. You have the ideal, which would be that we purify the place with fire. Okay? So the ideal would be that we firebomb church militant. Okay? That's... If in an objective sense, that would be the most just thing to do, to purify it by fire because it has been profaned. That's not one of our choices in these United States right now. Okay, so I'm not advocating vigilante violence against uh, Ferndale. Now, also, do do not take a purple UV light toward the Ferndale facilities. (laughs) Do not do that. Yeah, no, please don't do that. That would be bad. That would be bad. Uh, but what we can do, Alberto, what we can do is at least we can choose between an objective evil and a, at worst, morally neutral option. Okay? At worst, morally neutral. So the objective evil would be to allow Michael Voris to come back into the camera, into the picture, and Michael Voris suddenly becomes... Once again, the resurgent for the third time. He has survived two gay controversies, but this time he's healed for sure. Face of church militant. Well, and, and it's a very, it, it really goes to show that church militants, as much as they want to put themselves out as this bastion of orthodoxy, even before this was revealed, they really believe in the new church teaching, in the new church canon law model that allows perverts to oh you know it's not their fault well if I just get some counseling if I have Dr. Freud pronounce me as uh, somewhat normal because what what Weinbach says in her manifesto that she released yesterday is that well it's because Boris is just a victim of his childhood now what I, I was told that Dr. EMJ lied in his book where he tells us what exactly well, they, in his they, they, call, they said that he slandered them, and so I assumed that they would slap him with a lawsuit as quickly as they sued me, but they never did that, so I guess EMJ probably didn't lie, would be my guess. Uh, if I just, you know, again, I don't know the, the uh, facts of the case, but uh, what I do know is they never sued Jones, and they did sue me, and they lost, of course. Now, Voris, it may surprise some people that the board of directors wants Voris back. I mean, imagine you got a guy that burns the place to the ground, literally urinates on the brand. And how could these people want him back? Well, here's a quick lesson in corporate governance. The board of directors of an organization is supposed to consist primarily of outsiders, not insiders, and sophisticated people, not unsophisticated people. What is an outsider? An outsider is someone who doesn't work inside the organization, doesn't have a job there, isn't paid by these people, don't isn't subjected to the authority of the president or the CEO or the vice president or the manager, in other words. The board is supposed to be objective. And how can you be objective if you go to work every day at the place for which you're a director? Secondly, the board of directors is supposed to have some special skills like accounting, finance, 
marketing, sales, connections to people, strategic relationships. You know, don't usually people get uh, recruited? Hey, if, if you have a certain knowledge that would actually benefit the organization, yeah, you, you want to bring in those people so that they can help you in areas where you're lacking. For example, Hunter Biden was on uh, several boards of directors. Why was he on boards of directors? Not because he had any, any special skills, not because he's an expert in forensic accounting or financial reporting or any of the things that would be necessary for a public company or whatever, but because he had strategic relationships. So at least he could bring to the table Joe Biden, right? That's that's definitely a reason to put somebody on the board of directors. For right or wrong, in, in the usury economy, in laissez-faire capitalism, that's a reason to put somebody on the board of directors. You look at the church militant board of directors, you got grandmas on there who literally just love Michael Voris. Feminist grandmas, no husbands, Probably don't talk to their grandchildren. Their grandchildren aren't even Catholic, and yet they're sitting on the board of directors of St. Michael's Media. What is the board of directors supposed to do? It's supposed to provide objective oversight. How do they do that? Well, the first thing they do is show up and have a meeting. And then during the meeting, they review things like, oh, I don't know, financial statements, projections, cash flows, Various reports that they could request of management. How many times, Alberto, in the last five years, how many times do you think that the board of directors, so-called, of St. Michael's Media met, like had a recorded meeting? I don't know. The answer uh, is zero. Zero. Well, that doesn't uh, didn't David Gordon say that they didn't even know the bylaws? They didn't even know what their authority was. Because Michael Voris stacked the board. Now, the members of the board of directors included Michael Voris, Christine Niles, Simon Rafe, and then a whole bunch of sycophants who work at the alleged apostolate. Work there every day. They work for Voris. So this is a Voris-created, Voris-backed board. It is impotent. It provides no strategic direction, no oversight whatsoever, None of these people have any actual special skills. They've never reviewed the financial statements or projections or cash flows or any of the key performance metrics. And they didn't even approve Michael Voris' pay structure. Michael Voris just single-handedly decided that I'm going to make more money. So he increased his pay every year. That's supposed to be set by the board. The board's supposed to approve that. They never did. Did, did he... Uh did he do anything toward the the church months and the employees you know, give a, a racist? I don't know if you if you're a Catholic uh, organization, maybe if someone's growing their family or something. Not not that that would be anything that Weinbox or Voris would know about. Right. Yeah. So Voris has never had children. He's never raised anybody. He's never been woken up at three in the morning by by a screaming, uh, vomiting toddler. Um, to the extent that we think uh, Niles has ever actually reproduced, she's deprived those children of having a father, um, and she has no idea what it means for you know to live in a single uh, income household where uh, where she's actually is just doing what her domestic duties. I, I, her domestic duties are gross, by the way. Like one time she posted the inside of her oven as she was cooking something. And it was the most god-awful, disgusting-looking thing. Like, I could smell it over Twitter. I could smell her disgusting, putrid oven over Twitter. Well, the, the, the domestic duties do tend to fall to the wayside when you're 
professionally married to a homosexual. Imagine all of those uh, rotten, old, greasy coming into whatever yeah. wine box was baking. Yeah, you, you go make a dessert, but you're getting like pot pie grease into it because you burned that and you never cleaned the oven because you're too busy smearing, slandering, stalking, uh, calumniating, whatever. So, um, so yeah, you're right. These these children that work at the uh, so-called alleged apostolate, it's not an apostolate, uh, it's just an organization. It's 501c3 tax-exempt organization. The children never had a living wage. They never had any means of raising children, uh, starting a family. They never had health care or benefits. Joe Gallagher proposes to do all of that for them. But the board won't take it. And here's why. This is breaking news here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. We are always on air, always online. Always happy to be with you. There are three members of the board of directors. I'll give you their first names. They are Susan, Mary, and Mark. Now, these three members of the board of directors are loyalists to Gary Voris, and they believe that somehow, some way, Gary Michael Voris is going to graduate from the uh, don't be gay school. He'll be scared straight. And he'll come back soon, and he'll take back over the so-called apostolate. In the meantime, under this do-nothing, wait-and-see approach, at least a dozen employees have walked out. They've washed out. They couldn't do it anymore. The cognitive dissidents got to them. They realized they couldn't work there anymore. Several former employees have called the board of directors corrupt. Oh, as I was getting at, none of them have any special skills. None of them are experts in any relevant fields. None of them are experts in, let's say, nonprofits, fundraising, governmental accounting, budgeting. Um, none of them have any of those special skills. So what are their special skills? What are their talents? Why were they selected for the board of directors and who appointed them? They, uh, well, their special skill was that they love and adulate Michael Voris. Who appointed them? Michael Voris. So this is a board of directors controlled by Michael Voris, created by Michael Voris, and even though he's still a member, still in his disgraced, disgusting state that he is in, he's still a member. He's 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 uh, he's faded into the background as a non-voting member, but he has appointed a proxy, a proxy for himself. And guess who that proxy is? Tell me. His name is Jim Graham. Now, some in the audience are going to know who Jim Graham is. Others won't. Let me give you a quick background on Jim Graham. This is a 20-second background. Jim Graham is a wannabe pro-life hero. He was associated with the Texas Right for Life. I'm from Texas. You're from Texas, Alberto. Everybody in Texas knows that Jim Graham and his flawed fraudulent organization was just a grift nobody takes him seriously he was a grifter in the state of texas he never saved a single baby he never got any meaningful legislation approved he only enriched himself he globbed on to gary michael voris and has been trying to save fairyland uh in ferndale for a year he has actually been living in ferndale Michigan has an office in Ferndale, Michigan. He's been there for a year 
and he's supposed to save Church Militant by bringing in seven-figure donors. Now, here's what we know about Jim Graham. Besides the fact that he is a failed, negligent, fake pro-lifer, he was also on the board of directors for Veritatis Splendor, which was the master plan community in Tyler, Texas. And that community was supposed to be the safe haven for Catholics who were had enough with the rest of the episcopacy, the hierarchy, and wanted to live under the protection of former bishop of Tyler, Bishop Strickland. Now, Joseph Strickland had put his name on Very Tight Splendor for a time. And then Jim Graham had an affair with a fellow board member. And the board member that he had an affair with, thankfully wasn't a man, it's a woman named Carrie Beckman. And Carrie Beckman is the foundress of Regina Chaley. Regina Chaley is an academy. It is a part-time, uh, professionalized homeschool academy. So on Mondays and Thursdays, members of the Regina Chaley Academy put their Regina Chaley uniforms on and they go for formal instruction with the mommies on the various Regina Chaley campuses all across the country. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, those same children are homeschooled. It's a standardized curriculum. Many people use it. Many people rave about it. She's the founders of it from, uh, from I think she's from Atlanta, Georgia. So Carrie Beckman would come into East Texas from Atlanta, and she would hang out during board meetings for Veritatis Splendor with Jim Graham, and they got a little too close and started doing the hanky-panky. And she cheated on her husband and uh, has multiple kids. And Jim Graham, I, I think he's a turbo bachelor. I'm not sure. I don't think he actually broke up his family. I think he's sort of like Voris, where he has no investment in the future whatsoever. But nevertheless, Jim Graham is a shady disgusting creature who running around with married women breaking up families and did he get reported on by church militant did church militant ever do an expose on it? i mean this is they are the sex cops for the catholic church this is a catholic organization under a catholic bishop in a catholic diocese setting up a catholic thing where two catholics conduct sexual misconduct did Jim Graham ever get reported on? Have you ever heard of this? Now, before moving on to the, that answer, let us uh, keep in mind that there was real life people, people that were traditional leaning conservatives, etc., that were trying to buy in to Veritatis Splendor, including uh, friends of ours, Mike, that yeah. actually... They had to interview. They went on Zooms. They had Zoom icebreakers. They were like, hey, are you weird? Are you going to fit in? Are you going to put your money down? They put money down, thousands of dollars down, no houses built. Thousands of dollars down by thousands of people. You're talking about millions of dollars raised, no ground broken. I mean, only an organization headed by a woman could be this incompetent. And that's Carrie Beckman. And she kept her eye off the ball because she had her eyes on Jim Graham's balls. I'm sorry to be so crass, but Jim Graham is probably the reason why Veritatis Splendor never actually happened in Tyler, Texas. And and so, going back to Church Militant, nobody reported on this. I mean, I I don't know. I, I knew about this because we had people that were trying to buy into this uh, scheme that, that was uh, Veritatis Splendor, but then it just sort of 
flamed out. It flamed you just out. Never you heard just about it again. About it. You yeah. just, memory it was memory hold. It was memory hold. And Jim Graham never was exposed for his role in de- in the destruction of the Catholic master plan community of Veritas Splendor. Yeah, the, it, now it does beg the question, if you're allowing people that are this sleazy to get into manage uh, millions of uh, people's hard-earned money, life savings, maybe maybe people may have sold their homes to be able to buy into this that they were promised, and uh, then we have the scandal and not a single report. Not only that, he gets rewarded with an office in uh, Freddy Ferndale, did he? Yeah, he did. He did. So he shows up, he shows up and he's going to save uh he's going to save Church Milton and that's why they neglected to report him. So he is the proxy for Michael Voris in the boardroom right now. He's the worm tongue. Remember I told you that the board of directors consists of unsophisticated, non-financial, non-M&A, uh non Government accounting, non 501c3 nonprofit, just non experts. Okay, grandmas with a little bit of money, maybe an inheritance, and loyalty exclusively towards Gary the Fairy Michael Voris. Here comes Jim Graham with his Italian leather shoes, with his silk ties, with his slim cut Italian suits who is sophisticated high end sleazy hangs with millionaires and billionaires worked in the pro-life fight and he is the worm tongue to this board of directors which has never once exercised a fiduciary duty this board of directors of which Christine Niles was a member for years and years and years and years. Simon Raff, a member of the board of directors for years and years and years and years. No oversight work whatsoever. Jim Graham shows up. It's no wonder he casts a spell over them. It's no wonder. When we come back, we're going to tell you exactly what the board is considering right now and what the way forward is. This is the Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online, always happy to be with you. Don't go anywhere. Still talking about the church building board and what is going to happen. Who's taking it over when we come back? Welcome back to the show. Mike Barrett here, broadcasting from the heart of America in the RTF studio, joined by my good buddy and most hated man on Twitter, Alberto at Flatcath. This is the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online. As a reminder, this segment is brought to you by this giveaway, this incredible giveaway that the King Dude is doing. Go to crusadechannel.com slash mary. It is the it is the manly merry Christmas giveaway, and if you have the right stuff, if you're listening and you're in the Crusader chat when the keyword is given, 
you have not only the opportunity to win a $50 credit in the Founders Trading Post, but you can win one of the ultimate grand prizes that he's giving away in the Merry Manly Christmas giveaway. Go to crusadechannel.com slash merry and check it out. All right, we've been talking about the board of directors for Church Militant, which, Alberto, they... They've got a lot on their shoulders right now. On the one hand, it's self-preservation. It's, I want to keep my job, I want to keep my benefits, I want to keep things the way they are, and just bring back Michael Voris and just hope that people forget about the fact that he has been grooming the young children that work for him. That's on the one hand. Now, online, on the Twitter space, people that have had unnatural relationships with demons are out there advocating for these people, defending them. They do. Jumping yeah. on jumping yeah. on their side. Wait, 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 wait. What is an unnatural relationship with a demon? Like what? Well, you you know. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, if you go in and listen to any story about aliens, almost any abduction, you know, quote unquote, whatever, there's almost always a, a case in which they get sodomized. Now, there are people that do this voluntarily are members of, uh, I suppose, underground, maybe now they say it's not so much underground, organizations and groups that do this voluntarily. And we have people that are self-admittedly former members of these groups that are being cast into and summoned by Winebox to, to defend her, her wh- whatever she feels like is left of her honor, who, which, which, by the way, I thought it was pretty ironic. Now that I, you made me bring up Winebox, she posted on Twitter that families who pray together stay together. <laughs> <laughs> and then she posted a video of what looks like a possessed young lady like who's writhing on the ground. Uh, I don't, it's not, she's not kneeling and she's not kneeling in front of anybody, but as if, uh, or any image as far as I know, but I look, I'm not trying to bring her children into it the way she brought my children into the lawsuit. Um, okay. So, so wine box is trying to invoke what people who like have had like what sexual relationship with demons, sex with aliens, sex with aliens. Well, I don't know. Steve's are you, co- Steve's are you making would, this up? Steve's Kojic would get after us for saying that they're demons. So you, so there's a distinction between, is there a distinction between aliens and demons? No, there's not. You know, even, even this is totally unrelated, but even, even secular quote unquote paranormal researchers say, well, it's, it's such an oddity that every time that you look into paranormal activity, it's very, it's closely associated with aliens. Why? What, what, what does one have to do with the other? Nothing yet. Somehow they are related. But 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 and we, you're saying that there are women who have had relationships. I'm sorry. There are women who have had relationships with aliens who are supporting this first this first uh, option that the board of directors of Church Militant, which is considering, which is self preservation, bring back Voris, possibly bring back Niles, uh, say, keep it as Church Militant, just power through the controversy, let the chips fall where they may. You're saying that there are actual women who claim to have had sexual encounters with aliens, which you and I know are demons, who are supporting this? That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay, well, I I already know where I'm going to fall on this. If there are two choices and that's one of the choices, I'm already pushed towards the other choice. And, and you know, sp- speaking about the, the demonic, you know, it, it, I, I was thinking about, th- about this today. 
Because we, we always talk about what, what's uh, diabolic or not. You know, everybody talks about it online and, and whatever, but reminds me of that time that Gary Voris went to Mass and then I talked to him after Mass and he had just received Holy Communion and now we are confirmed that he was living a homosexual lifestyle at that point in time. So he was a, a faggot receiving Holy Communion, then leaves Mass and immediately starts uh, uttering uh, very, very likely mortally sinful lies about uh, at that point whoa, to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. You were the person who captured Gary Morris, Gary Voris on the hot mic? I was. That was me. You got him on the hot mic. I got him on the hot mic. So, so, uh, so very interesting wow. how it seems like the, the, which the demons rejoice when somebody receives Holy Communion in mortal sin and continues to, to sin mortally. And so there we go. So it looks like, like the, like, like everything is really, really is connected with a, with a, I can't, I, I can't believe that that's you on the hot mic. Alberto, the most hated man on Twitter at Flatcat, you were the one who, you went up to him after Mass, and you said, hey, why don't you leave Mike alone? And he said, I can't leave Mike alone because he said we're stealing money and that I'm gay. And it turns out they're stealing money and he is gay. So he didn't leave me alone because I told the truth about him. Now, now what, what's really interesting, Mike, is that Christine says, well, I did not know that Gary the Ferry was living this lifestyle. However, if you are on the board of directors, if you're supposed to have some sort of financial oversight of an, an organization and you're spending money from your uh, business credit card or business debit card, etc., do they not have accountants who are looking at, hey, why is uh, Michael's card being used at a gay nightclub? Right. Well, you know, uh, that would be Simon Raff's job. He was the chief financial officer and also the chief of staff. I mean, literally, literally every organization that I've worked at, that I've done anything for, that I know people that literally, literally in, in, in the world there's financial daily financial oversight. Hey, you know what what happened with this? What with what what with with that? Where's the receipt for this? Where's the receipt for that? Did that? Did nobody say, hey, why no, does Michael's no. card keep being used at gay nightclubs over he, and over why and over? Is he in Ferdale? Oh, that's right. The whole apostolate is in Ferdale. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous Ferndale. And, and right. it's just a coincidence. We're, we're told. Just for, a coincidence. For for those who don't know. So usually San Francisco seen as a gay, gay capital of the world, but actually it's Ferndale. Ferndale is more gay than San Francisco, uh, believe per, it or not. Per capita. Yeah, that's right. Per capita. Uh, more is the highest density uh, collection of sodomites outside of Tel Aviv. And, and, and I don't know any conservative uh, news organizations that are going and settling and breaking ground in San Francisco. But somehow, or, it yeah, must just right. be a coincidence that they're in Ferndale. <laughs> well, you know, and Gary drives in from outside of Ferndale. Like, he wants to be in that scene. Okay, so that's on the one side. You have the unsophisticated board of directors who is who is who who have already sustained several walkouts. The police were involved. Eight people were escorted out just a few days ago. They have sustained a huge layoff already. They fired Voris, fired Niles, fired Raff. 
Um, they they were once seventy man strong organization. Now less than half of that, less than thirty five people left, and they just believe okay we we don't have to pay people living wages. We don't have to take care of our own people. We don't have to offer health benefits or retirement or any long term investment in the place. Just it's an honor to work here, and if you don't believe it's an honor to, to, to work here, get the heck out of here. And we will wait and pie and pine and buy time and twiddle our thumbs until we can decide that, well, it's been sufficiently long enough for Voris to have pretended to come clean to his sins and dealt with those deep, 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 deep demons that he was talking about. Not the act-out demons, but the ones that are even deeper. Placed by his dad, probably, when he was two years old. Because he kept saying that he has, he's, he's 62, and he said that these demons entered him 60 years ago, so it had to be the dad, Gus, uh, Gus the rapist. Anyway, you, you know, you go back to it, and you just say, okay, that's on one hand. On the other hand, you have a young man, his name is Joe Gallagher, he's got some money behind him, he's worked there for five to ten years, he knows how to run the, the, the news desk, and he says, hey, no more slander, no more uh, uh, demonizing people, no more fraud, no more cover-up, no more opaquity, opaqueness. Um, we're not going to be in the business of destroying people's lives anymore. We're just going to go back to the actual mission that is written on the 501c4 um, letter to the, to the IRS, which says, what is the purpose of Church Militant? What is this mission statement? The mission of Church Militant is to teach the Catholic faith. That's the mission. Now, how do you teach the Catholic faith? By destroying people and suing people and uh, innuendo and gossip and smear and and, uh, and and scandal and all those things. Well, you don't. That doesn't teach the faith. Mike, you just reminded me of something. So you said 501c4. So do you mean to say that there's a 501c4 with potentially millions of dollars in the bank account that Gary the Ferry still has access to or well, may have access to? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This came out in my E. Michael Jones interview. I'm the only person answer, asking this question. There is no answer to it. Nobody's answered it. You can't even get any. You, nobody even understands. The 501c3 is the not-for-profit organization. That means that if a grandma donates to it, it's a tax write-off. So if I am if I don't want to pay taxes in some given year and I have a tax liability and I want to get get rid of that tax liability and also get rid of some money with an organization that I like, I could give to St. Michael's Media the 501c3. It's a fully tax deductible donation. I get the benefit of the tax write off. The 501c3 gets the benefit of my money. And they say, they even admit that they're going after sweet old grandmas, just like the ones who are sitting on the board of directors. Sweet old grandmas who are running the place, so-called, by never meeting and don't even know what their authority or responsibility is. On the other hand, you have the 501c4, which is a political action committee. You don't get to take a tax write-off if you donate to a political action committee. The political action committee is defined as a legal person who can take as much money as possible... From anybody, no maximum donation amounts, and use them to smear people or make political statements or do all the things that the C3 couldn't do. Guess what the name of the 501c4 is? Well, the name of it is Church Militant. So when you go to churchmilitant.com, 
You can't distinguish what you, if you're reading an article produced by the 501c3, the not-for-profit, or the 501c4, the political action committee. The 501c3, which is the not-for-profit, has a board of directors and has some governance, at least on paper, and then some accountability to the IRS. The 501c4 is totally opaque, has millions of dollars sitting in the bank account, is controlled by Michael Voris, as far as we know, even until today... And it can do all the smearing and attacking and advocacy. Now, why would you put a 501c3 and a 501c4 together, you ask? Well, let me answer that. You put the 501c3 and the 501c4 together because you want one to create news and the other to report on that news that you've created. So, for example, you go to Baltimore, the 501c4 agitates Baltimore, sues Baltimore, raises money, mobilizes people. And then the 501c3 reports on what the C4 has been doing. It's like pushing a guy in front of a bus and then saving him and claiming to be the savior. You create the very problem that you yourself solve. It's beyond advocacy journalism. Look, Fox News and CNN is advocacy journalism. They want you to believe their worldview. What they don't do is they don't invent the news first and then report on it. Incidentally, the 501c4 is probably paying for a lot of legal bills, and we just don't know. We know that Voris resigned from the, th- from the C3, Alberto. But we don't know if he resigned from the C4. And the C4 has just as much dry powder as the C3 and a lot more freedom and a lot less accountability. Now, to be fair, when you have a, a wine box in your board of directors for, for a 501c3, there's not going to be a lot of accountability there. <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah. may, she may yeah, call the FBI point. on you. She, she works she with may. the FBI. She may because she just tweeted how close she is to the feds. And, and, and incidentally, maybe this is one of the reasons why Church Militant has never been investigated by the feds. Maybe this is why they seem to have immunity from, you know, criminal actions like extortion and wire fraud and embezzlement. There's got to be a reason why the feds have never gotten interested in Church Militant. It is an SPLC hate group. It is a designated hate group by the governor of uh, the state of Michigan. You would think that it is such a blight and such a menace to the world and to the Catholic world that somebody would look into it, and yet nobody ever seems to. And again, just like you can tell who the friends of Church Militant are by whom they don't report on, you can tell who the Fed's friends are by whom they don't investigate, which criminals they just ignore. Yeah, well, uh, Winebox did say that you make uh, many, many anti-gay tweets. She has said that so about me. She doesn't yeah. like that. Yeah, she doesn't like that. She Winebox has testified for uh, for sodomy. So as of right now, the buyout offer is on the table. The rescue package has been delivered, and Joe Gallagher stands ready to take control of Church Militant and end the war on traditionalism. On the other hand, you have Michael Voris who believes that, well, just two weeks of prayer and penance in some undisclosed location, probably not a monastery, how many of them would actually take him in, 
um, is sufficient for him to engineer his comeback to the camera and to the microphone. Everything is fine here. There's nothing to see. The grooming, the half-nude photos, uh, the destruction of relationships with donors, uh, none of that matters. The embezzlement, the stealing, the fraud, uh, the fact that he withheld his homosexual status for years and years and years, the $50 million, $50 million, five zero 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 point zero zero that has come into the organization and been spent by the organization has yielded what exactly? Supich is still around. Dolan is still around. McElroy is still around. They've never taken down one of their powerful uh, enemies, and yet the dollars just keep on rolling. So, again, Joe Gallagher says, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to keep people employed. We're going to give them their jobs. We're going to shed the church militant branding. We're going to turn the page and have a brighter future. And you know what? If those are the two choices, Alberto... I, I, to me, it's very simple to me. I'm going to go for the one that's less evil. I, I will. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, he, here's one thing that I just that I was just uh, considering. Now, Mike, you know, if the if a similar thing had happened to one of Church Militant's enemies, now you because you said we don't even know if Gary the Fairy is at a monastery. He probably is not. But that speaks a lot about the type of enemies that Gary the Fairy has. Who has sent someone to go camp out of Gary, Gary the Fairy's house to figure out if he's still there? He probably is still there. He's just there at his house and hanging out with his friends and everything, living life as normal. But yet nobody has stalked him that way and has done that. Yet meanwhile, Church Militant operates or operated under his leadership on, on the leftists. They publish your address. They publish pictures of your house. They go to, to all lands to destroy your life. And yet, when it comes to them, people uh, now, of course, it's because people actually have jobs and have actual things to do and have children to watch, uh, watch out for, and all that stuff. But that speaks a lot to the differences between what Church Militant does and what the enemies of uh, Gary the Ferry do. So, absolutely, if, if Joe's going to, and I've never spoken a single word to Joe, I don't, I don't know him. I do know that he. Uh, earned the trust of the canceled priest, so that must have meant something probably back in the day. I, I'm not sure that it does anymore. Uh, but if he, if he wants to come in and, and earn the support of the board, take out the corrupt board, take out the corruption in Ferndale, and turn it into an actual Catholic organization, because it's not an apostolate, as, as they keep saying it's an apostolate. How can it be an apostolate when your bishop told you to stop calling yourself Catholic? Your, their bishop told them, "Stop calling yourself Catholic. You can't do that." Right. So the, it's not it's not a Catholic organization, right? It may be an organization made up of Catholics, but faggy ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, is that? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the, the brand is sullied. No, sh- no, no, uh, no doubt about that. And it is under duress. And the only and the only person who seems to see that is a twenty-something-year-old who says, "Yeah, I'm just going to rebrand it." Now the church militant brand is dead. It's dead, and and they sort of appropriated the the image from the miraculous medal. I know. Well, it was a huge land grab because not only did they steal the imagery from the immaculate 
Heart of Our Lady from the from the from the miraculous medal. But they also just went ahead and stole the definition of Catholics on Earth, like living Catholics on Earth in the physical reality. We are the Church Militant, and they were just like, "Well, we're just going to grab that name." I mean, I you know, uh, even if they do a rebrand, I don't think they should give up the trademark on the name because, like, who knows? What if the Church of Satan Satan goes and grabs the name Church Militant? I mean, we wouldn't want that. That would probably be worse. That may be worse. That may be the only conceivable example that would be worse than a sodomite, an actual sodomite. <laughs> Whose sins cry out to justice, whose sins are so grotesque and disgusting that the demons won't even witness them. The demons flee from sodomy. They're like, that is so antithetical to nature, we can't even witness that. That's well, how bad it is. Well, you have the, the Satanists that desecrate the Eucharist, and then you have Sodom, a sodomite that receives Holy Communion while living inactively sodomitical life so which which one's worse i i think it's i think the the sodomy is 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 really worse at at least demons are at the the satanic rituals but sodomy is so repulsive to even them that's how bad it is i think it's i think it's worse yeah it may be worse it may be worse. Well, in any way, in any way um, you now here on the Crusade Channel, you, you are informed. This is breaking news. Uh, this is going on right now. This drama is going back and forth. I may have to update you again as I get more information as the board of directors makes its final decision. Perhaps the holdouts who cling to this false narrative that Michael Voris can be rehabilitated and brought back, perhaps they will finally come to their senses. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will. Um, if they do, it would be possibly a, a great thing and a Christmas miracle. And if they don't, then Church Militant will continue its slide into irrelevance. Because I believe at the end of the day, nobody will really accept Michael Voris back. But then again, I could be wrong. There are thousands of people, even on his own personal Twitter page, when he had posted his non-apology apology video who were just absolutely touched by his presentation. Even thug bro Tim Gordon was like, that's the most Catholic-based video I've ever seen in my life. It's the most Catholic video you've ever seen in your life because you don't watch Catholic videos. You watch basketball. That was his I'm sorry I got caught video. (laughs) It was. I'm sorry I got caught. It was. It was a non-apology video. So I say, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you're asking me my opinion, I've been close, as close to this as anybody. I've been as hurt by them as anybody. I say the board of directors should accept the offer for buyout from Joe Gallagher's group, and then the board should resign, and then Church Militant should rebrand. And that is the only way that you take 35 talented young men and women and millions of dollars of studio equipment and have any possibility of it doing good for the world. The board resigns, Voris is blocked, new blood is brought in, and everything is rebranded. Those four criteria are met, and I think we got a stew going. So let's pray that that happens and also reach out to the board of directors if you have any access to any of these people. Let's hope that their hearts are turned so that no children are told during the Christmas season that their papas are unemployed because of the sins of a sodomite and a fag hag. 
God bless you. Thank you for listening. This is the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com. 